welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Ashley K. Smalls. Hi, Ashley. Hey, Ian. We made it to the finale. You are... You, you know, Ashley, I really appreciate you doing this with me because I know that it can be a lot of work doing this all every fucking week. Well, you know, if if you're going to spend um your time watching absolutely everything to down to the second that MCU does, you might as well make yourself useful. <laughs> um, you, know? you might as well, well make yourself useful. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you, and we're finally here at the finale. We are here, um, and we are joined by writer and news ed- editor. Arzu, hello. Sorry, I should have said writer and news editor at Collider. No, Arzu. you're fine, you're fine. Once again, I almost started talking to myself. I had to unmute. <laughs> um, and we are also joined by film critic, who is recapping Miss Marvel for Vulture. Siddhant Adlaka. Hello. Uh, thank you both for joining me. I want to say a thank you to Arzu, especially for jumping in so last. I emailed her <laughs> seven hours ago and she said yes. So I really appreciate that. Um, but I'm happy to have you both here. Uh, what I do at the top is, and I guess it's the finale. So uh, what did Arzu, you go first. What did you think of the finale? I loved it. I had, I, I didn't have like super high expectations because I've been burned by that in the past. Yeah. But I did have sort of things I wanted to happen in the finale, and every single thing happened. So nice. I was very pleased with the finale overall. Cool. So what did you think of the finale? I feel similarly. I was a bit nervous going in just because I tend to know how these things go on Disney Plus shows. But (laughs) I was pretty satisfied with it. I found it, you know, fun and intimate, and it didn't, you know, devolve into pew-pew laser battles. Yeah. Not too much anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, what did you think? Um, yeah, I think we're basically all on the same page there. Um, I know last episode, matter of fact, when we were like talking about what do you guys think that is going to come together? I was really, you know, nervous about it all. I've been nervous Mm -hmm. about since the first episode, um, because of the six episode structure and like not all the past MCU shows have done a good job of sticking the landing. Um, and so here we are where this is uh, unanimously, I would have to say my favorite episode of the yeah. um, season. And then, I mean, I'm very biased when we get to that part and we get to talk about something. <laughs> but like, yeah, they did all the things I wanted them to do. And I really, I, I truly did not expect them to be able to, but they did. Yeah, I, Sadan, as you said, we, I feel like, and Ashley and I, we've been, we've been going through these Marvel shows together. Like a lot of it, we do get burnt at the end there, right? Sometimes like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I like Ashley and I, I think, and Arzu, I think we all kind of talked about how there was a lot and we were a little bit like, ooh, how are they going to, or are we going to do what we've done in the other shows where we don't like land the plane for the ending? And they, I thought they did a really good job. Um, especially like the way it ended last week, I was a little worried with the explosion. I was like, wait, that felt very abrupt, but it worked. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think overall, this had one of the best endings, like, I know it's unpopular, but Ashley and I agree. I like. I think Hawkeye did a really good job of like was a first series that actually had like a full ending, not like a who knows what's coming next. We're leaving it completely open ended. Um, and this also had, even though there is a lot of like who knows what's happening next, even though we kind of get the gist. Um, I thought this like closed the story that we were telling here, and I was like very satisfied. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so before we get into the episode, I do want to say, so I had work 
uh, yesterday morning at 9 a.m., literally opening Twitter before leaving for work. I had to schedule a few tweets and it already was spoiled. Like, ah, the, the, I, I feel like we have this discussion for every Marvel show, but it's like, everyone's like, don't spoil anything. And everyone's like, yeah, I hate when people spoil. And then there are like 85 spoiler tweets. <laughs> um, but I, it, it was spoiled for me in a weird way where I, and I told everyone this before recording, I really, the way everyone is talking about the use of the word mutant, I thought it was like, Patrick Stewart is making a cameo in his yellow hover chair and like <laughs> telling her to come to upstate New York with him because she's got to be part of the X-Men. That's really what I thought. And I was kind of like, that's too much. Like, that's too much for this series. Like, they can't just like put the X-Men in it. But then the way it is, I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, sure. Like, that's that makes more sense. Um, did any of it get spoiled for any of you? No, I, I, this was the first episode I stayed up till 3 a.m. for. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I, was I, on did a, I was on a flight when the episode dropped, so I, I paid the $20 for the streaming Wi-Fi and I watched it right away. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. Um, I had to wake up early to review it, so uh, I didn't really have the time to look at spoilers early in the morning. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, you know, that was what I was actually going to ask you if they, like if Vulture was able to get, because Marvel just doesn't send screeners right even if you're recapping yeah after the first two episodes they tend not to do that it's, it's yeah. partly inconvenient <laughs> yeah that's I remember- why i paid for the streaming wi-fi because i had to turn in a recap i didn't have time to wait for the plane to land that's impressive you did it yeah she can she can do it all she can travel while and work at the same time <laughs> um yeah i was just weirdly the thing that wasn't spoiled for me though was the end credit scene with Carol Danvers. I was surprised that when that happened, I was like, Oh, cause like, I think we, right. We even discussed that Ashley, how yeah, we like I thought mean, she to be might. Honest with you. Yeah. And that's nothing. I was just like, I just did not even see it. Ha- well, I did, but I didn't on one hand. I was like, all right, it's going to be really weird if they have her in the Marvels and like, don't have some right. sort of connection with her at all until the Marvels movie. Um, but then at the same time, at this point, we've been so straight away from any conversation around the Cree and scrolls. Mm-hmm. that i was like well if they're avoiding it at all costs i don't i don't know <laughs> here <laughs> um but yeah no i mean i think on some hands it was a less surprising cameo because it's like that is such a big i shouldn't say a big part of her story but like it is where we know this is leading up to so i guess mm-hmm. i think the x-men conversation took over because i mean to be fair to Ms. danvers we have been waiting for the mutants a little longer than her and then yeah. two it was the one part where we just didn't see it coming. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, none of us, like, yeah. if someone had said they're going to bring in the mutants via Miss Marvel, I would have been like, that don't make no goddamn sense. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, same, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that part when we get there, I guess. Um, I thought, and sit down, you said this, that like, it had, it did have some of the pew pew, but not too much. And that is what I really liked about it. It was able to balance the like Marvel-y superhero fight action stuff with the like actual characters and plot that we, you know, that we had like really appreciated with this show that it had been doing. Um, because, you know, hands up, I love, love, love WandaVision, but that finale kind of became that. Um with like characters randomly missing because of COVID. Um, so I was like, <laughs> I like that. Like we kind of start with like Bruno and Cameron. They're on the run. We're like right in there. There's no like slow setup and like damage control is hunting them. Um, 
yeah, Ashley, what'd you feel about the way they like threw us right in? I was grateful for it. The show, this, the, you know, the episodes haven't been that long. They're like, what, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. They did that in the beginning. And then yeah. also, no feeling like, as you were saying about like, they had a good balance of like some pew pew, but at the same time, at the end, we get that like, Fam- those family moments, even in between mm-hmm. it, like, you know, getting Kamala's mother who hands her over her costume is like, you know, she gets these moments with each parent, even her brother at some point where it's like really well-rounded. I think a, a big part of that was them getting a bit more of the action out of the way from the jump. Um, so that like nothing, so that when we do get to some more of the like conversations and the heartwarming moments, they're not getting overshadowed with, Oh shit, you got to run. Um, so I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like, there's, like, little nuts and bolts about it, too. Because, like, the tech that they used that was blowing, like, rooms apart was from, was reminiscent, at least, of what they used in Incredible Hulk. Mm. Um, which, I mean, that's pretty dramatic for for a kid. I don't know what she's doing <laughs> all that for. Um, and then um, we kind of theorized, or was it just, no, I think it might have been all of us on some level that Cameron might go... I don't want to say evil because it was a it was a it was a very understandable bit of of anger. Yeah, but we figured um, both from the comics because in the comics he he is kind of has some some villainous yeah. ways um, that you know there may be this this when he finds out his mother has has passed away he's not going to be all understanding of you know well she did abandon me so I guess you know this makes sense but you know he's going to be right. pretty angry about it and so we got to to see that as well. Um, and this is going to be petty, but I was kind of mad she was going to kiss Cameron and not the guy she left in Pakistan because he was cuter. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, she doesn't kiss any of Anyone. them. That's good. Exactly. Exactly, Miss. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Benzie. You have options out options here. What are you open. picking for? That's what season two needs to be about. Who's she going to kiss first? <laughs> I, I kind of I, – I actually appreciate that in shows like this. Like, I mean – I, Slayer Fest started out as a Buffy podcast, right? And like, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, Ashley has to hear about Buffy all the time and has never watched Buffy. Um, on the show. But like, I always felt like it's fun, the like romance aspect, but for me, that's not the point, right? And I was glad that this show kind of did the same thing where it's like, ooh, she almost kisses him, but like, that's also not the point of this. Like, she's a teen, so of course it's like, ooh, that boy's cute. Ooh, that boy's cute. But like, in the end, the show was about her and her family and like, Ah, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, we could do that in season two, but like, this is like setting up like her family, her friends. And I, I appreciate the story didn't harp too much on like, which cute boy will she kiss? It was just kind of like, no, nah, we're gonna keep moving. I also was worried. I ca- and I said this all season. I kept worrying about Bruno. I was like, uh, is he going to turn into an incel dude? But he didn't. And I was glad. <laughs> He's too sweet for that. He is. He is. But you know, like, we got a couple scenes where he like looks scowlingly at her and Cameron. And I was like, Oh no. But yeah, in the end, you're right. He was too sweet. I just get worried. You know, I was like, Oh, hundred mm. percent. It's a very <laughs> valid concern, but his thing seemed to be more as long as she's happy. I'll just yeah. sit here and nurse my broken heart. <laughs> Which makes me like him even more. Right. Yeah. It's like, I appreciate that character. Cause it's like, yes, your feelings can be hurt as long as you're not an asshole about it. <laughs> Um, but okay, so we we get them chasing, we get Kamala back, her and her family, and I loved the bit of her like quote unquote coming out. Mm-hmm. Um Arazu, what'd you th- what'd you think of that scene? I okay, so yes, the 
the whole the whole scene <laughs> with the sort of I have an announcement to make yeah. and it's very dramatic and then it's like oh yeah we all knew <laughs> yeah because your dad leaves his phone on speaker and I think everybody <laughs> sort of knows that experience you know that yeah. gossip in the family doesn't stay secret for long mm-hmm. and it just felt it felt very true that she didn't have to tell everybody because this was just too big a deal so for that reason I'm like yes that that is exactly like I'm not Pakistani, I'm Middle Eastern, but I'm like, that is exactly how Middle Eastern families work. There's no such <laughs> yeah. thing as a secret. I, I was in splits about it because, again, <laughs> you know, being from an Indian family, like, it, it's exactly how how information travels. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I even wrote in my notes, I was like, huh, I always thought that was a Puerto Rican family thing. I'm glad <laughs> to know it's not just. <laughs> but I thought, and also, like, the detail of, like, he always talks with speaker. Like, that's how my parents talk on the phone, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything's always speaker or a video chat where like they're only half in frame <laughs> um but I've i really into the habit now i like if i'm at my desk i'll leave my phone on speaker i'm like what it is easier he's right <laughs> <laughs> and it even reminded me so like you know whatever but like when i came out i was very close to my grandma and i came out to my parents and my mom was like you should go tell your grandmother and i remember driving to her house i'm at the front door and i'm like Grandma, I got to tell you something. She went, I, I know your mother told me you're gay. Do you want to eat the empanadas I made or not? And like, that was that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, why the, why did she send me over to tell? Like what? Because <laughs> there were empanadas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so I thought about like a lot of that, like her being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom told me, even though my mom was still pretending that she hadn't, which I guess is like a mom thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm always like, I, I, I feel like by the end, I really appreciated both her parents and how different they are in their approach with her Mm -hmm. like right the dad is just very like sweet boy right he's he loves her he's the one that cried when like she rejected the costumes like and he was still like so sweet and tender with her when he's like you know i'm so proud of you and i i don't know i really like that i like that we still even in the finale when we're building up to a big fight we still have the these moments with the family right Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so we get, I, I thought it was cute that they're all asking her and, you know, she even tells, what is, what's the quote? I meant to write it down that she says to her dad, like, you didn't raise me to something Stand about Stand by like, when I could help somebody. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was a good quote. Um, and I think we had talked about this last episode too, but like she, it does feel very Spider-Man, right? And that even felt very Spider-Man to me, like the Uncle Ben, like with great power comes responsibility. And like, she's like, dad, you didn't teach me to stand by. And I thought that was like a nice i don't know um yeah and so then ashley where do we go after that um she heads home she thinks she's about to get the happy you know uh happy moment we're just going home to rest but uh bruno and uh cameron are on the run right right uh, nakia, call it? nakia uh, calls her brother and she's like what the hell's going on if she's calling your phone Right. And basically nakia's like have you seen bruno because something's going down and that is when something shit goes down (laughs) (laughs) um and i i don't know if i mentioned this ashley but i kept thinking her mom probably makes the costume and then i was very happy that we did like she gets that call she goes upstairs and she like her mom's like you're not going out like that and it's because her mom made her her outfit i thought that was was like i think i was watching some theory videos well not theory like breakdown videos mm -hmm. where like she uses the same box that the bracelet came in, or like that. Some oh, really? Stuff came in and stuff, things like that. It's I the mean, toffee box that her, that the grandma saved for her. Okay, there we Aww. go. There we go. And um, 
Yeah, it was also a full circle moment from her making the Hulk costume in the first episode to now mm. making her official costume uh, for, um, you know, her actual, her, she act, her actually becoming a hero. Um, and I think even the mask, because I just realized up until now, she was using the mask that she used in her Captain Marvel costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she's using her official Miss Marvel mask. Um, and I hadn't even picked up on that. Um, but yeah, so she gets her official costume and then, oh yeah, what you call it? Them, uh, the cops, I don't even like calling them damage control. Y'all are just police officers with bigger guns. Um, <laughs> who went, went chasing after, I love how they call damage control, but you literally just fucking destroyed yeah. the train. Like they're like they're not like they're just creating damage. Like you know, like, New Yorkers well, how we much don't damage have they any cause. requests. Yeah. Just leave the train alone. We need to get to work. Like please, <laughs> please. Like you can do anything else you want. We don't care. We literally are like the main people. We mind our business. There can be a full blown threat in the middle of the street. We don't give a shit. We gotta get to places. Just don't fuck up the train. That is how you get New Yorkers to get violent. Um <laughs> But yeah, they're doing all of this, and um, Cameron he can't control. His powers, um, yeah. He can't control his powers. He can't, you know, he can't do uh, anything really. He and you can see that it's like. Well, this is fast forwarding a bit, so I'll wait till we get to that. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, right, that's, so then, that's where we're at right now. Is that they're being chased by by so called damage control, who's doing more damage? Right, and then they they hide out at the mosque. Um, yes. And I can't remember her name. I just always put her in my notes as Orange is the new Black Warden. Yes, yeah, I do the, too. Yeah. Clearly she um, loves these kind of roles because I'm like, she, man, I'm, I'm about sick of you. She's good at them, but she's like... She's good. <laughs> yeah, I I loved this scene when they were like, this is not our first rodeo. When they all like already had their IDs out. And when she's like, you know, this is for your protection. And they're like, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Saddam, what did you think of that scene? I thought it was really funny when uh, Sheikh Abdullah starts quoting Lincoln and Beaver yes. assumes it's a quote from the Quran. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a series of things that happen there that uh, sort of are subtly trying to say like, no, this is where we belong here too, you know, yeah. as Muslim Americans, this is our home too. Even though nobody comes out and gives a speech that is, you know, uh, that comes out and says it in so many words because you know, before you transition to that scene, you have a fleeting shot of the Statue of Liberty as well. So the, mm-hmm. the episode is trying to, you know, tell you all these things without hitting you over the head with it. Yeah. And so what do we do? We I kind of liked I, I not like liked, but like I think of even what was it, Ashley? Was it the first or second episode when she's I was even, just yeah, thinking <laughs> right? about, this, about, you know, we, we had a conversation. I think it might have been the second episode, maybe a little bit of her first where, you know, we were talking about how, you know, a better depiction of, of racism and um, for that matter, even, you know, like Islam, Islamophobia um, in, in TV shows is, isn't the more like, I don't want to say outrageous because like they are, they, those are things that can happen, but the day-to-day way in which many people of color deal with um, racism is usually in a form of microaggressions. So like, you know, the entire mosque having their IDs out, that's because they've had to deal with this bullshit before. Yeah. It's something they have to deal with on a regular basis. So they're 100% prepared for every microaggression and all the little bits and, and pieces of racism baked into these lines where we're really here for your protection. Like, you know, right. I'm, I'm not even going to get disrespectful. I'm going to just keep it. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to do my best here. I'm going to do my best. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like that is the that is the reality of like, when we talk about the fact that we deal with this every day, no, for me, it's not getting pulled over by the cops. It's often 
someone saying something offhanded to me and me having to smile through it and correct mm. them in the most PC way without me losing my job and getting sent to jail. So, <laughs> you know, it's like that is the reality of it. And like even the scene or, you know, them thinking that an Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln quote must be something religious when really it's like, y'all will say things like, you know, speak English, be American. And then the most American thing gets said to you and you don't even know it because right. you don't know your own <laughs> goddamn history, but you're white. So, you know, you get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah i was curious what like yeah what everyone because i i thought that her rate her form of racism felt real real right mm-hmm. there was there was a moment like the first time she goes to the mosque after she's done mm-hmm. interrogating the sheik and uh, nakia he kind of dismisses her with the next time you come in take off your shoes mm-hmm. because it's not just like a, a respect thing it's like a she's walking on the carpet that people put their their foreheads on yeah, yeah. So, like, obviously take off your shoes. And I feel like maybe I'm just imagining this because I was paying attention, but I feel like there was a shot of her still wearing her boots. Yeah, there was. And yeah. walking across the carpet. And it's there. just, like, little moments of this blatant disregard for the things she's been asked while at the same time pretending she's there to help them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. With Ashley, it was just that <laughs> further thing I noticed. Um, because, right, like, that, that is more, I feel like that's, like, rather than making it like cartoony caricature of racist white lady, it's like this feels cause she would definitely be like, no, I'm not like, right. This is the type of woman who would be like, no, I'm very open and welcoming and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of, I, I, I feel like that feels more real than just being like cartoony. Like eh, it's like the, the, the type of person who would say they're not. And like, maybe even like, she'd be like well, I vote Democrat. I voted for Obama or whatever, like bullshit. You know, like the the people in fucking Get Out. Um, so yeah, I did. I I liked that, and she was very good at being a character you hate, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I liked. I I also liked the way the series had been setting this up. I mean, the entire show had been showing you that this is a community, right? And I I really liked seeing them like go to bat for Bruno and Cameron. And Cameron is a guy that you know, arguably, none of them really know that well he's like new in town he we hadn't really i don't think we had seen him at mosque had we no no right yeah and so like i appreciated that it was like showing like no they're still gonna help these kids just because you know of course they are and they know that damage control is probably shady they've already dealt with this woman um so yeah i really and it was very cute when he's like, you need disguises and puts on the little hats on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and those are real hats. You can buy them. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, the haram and halal hats. <laughs> I love that. Then um, I love that that was a disguise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the boys sneak out the back and then we do get Kamala and them meeting, right? Um, which I was like, oh God, I don't want that to go on all episode where she's looking for them. I was glad that it was like, cool, she's there. We should met them. Um and so she calls, I put him in as Red Dagger Boyfriend. She calls her Red Dagger Boyfriend <laughs> for help. And again, I even liked that at first he was like, eh, well, Cam- Cameron's the one who's kind of like, eh. but like, I like that we're showing community, even like, you know, this guy's in Pakistan and he's like, okay, fine, get him to the port and I will help. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It was like, that was a character, especially the Red Dagger stuff. I was kind of like, mm, did that? Like, that felt like something we could wait till season two for. And like, I still kind of feel that way, but I liked that it 
that like her meeting him did tie into the finale, right? Like it did help. Um, cause I love a, like everything comes together. Um, and then, uh, Arazu, where do they sneak into? <laughs> they sneak into the high school, um, meet up with Nakia and come up with a very home alone esque plan, which I really, <laughs> I knew we were going to get a big fight. It's a Marvel finale. There's going to be a fight, but it was less pew pew and more like homemade booby trap, which mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate it. I am so glad you referenced it. I kept putting, I love this home alone shit. Like I really did. <laughs> um, that's like all my notes say. Uh, so now what'd you, what'd you think of that? I thought it was both really funny and really intense at the same time. It's probably mm. one of my like favorite Marvel climaxes till date. Uh, just because it's it's not about the spectacle, it's about friendship, mm-hmm. um, and and it's innovative. It's kids being mischievous and you know cheeky and smart, and you know it, it sort of hammers home the fact that you know at the end of the day, yeah, this is a sort of young adult show, a high school aged show mm-hmm. uh, aimed at younger audiences. Yeah, and I like I like that even though it's so abrupt, I love that the brother is just like, "Well, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, your mom sent me." <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Zoe too. Shout out yeah. to Zoe. <laughs> and I I like that every time it happened, the characters are like, "Wait, what are you doing here?" Like the characters are like, "This is abrupt," but they're just like, "Yeah, yeah, this is we're gonna we're gonna blow past it and keep going." Um, I thought that was like I was very charmed by both of them just like popping up to help. Um, and. Also, yeah, when the brother pops up and Kamala's like, superheroes don't need chaperones. <laughs> I was like very charmed by that. Um, also, I re- I do like, I thought the brother was like a good character. Um, and I liked him just being there to help. And he uh, feels so betrayed when he finds out that um, Kamran, one, isn't his cousin, and two, doesn't <laughs> like the British Bake Off. <laughs> I was, yeah. I like that that was like, those are the two things like British Bake Off was high up on the things he was betrayed about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I also so, like that. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just like that, you know, the whole scene with her parents where her mom like is looking at her and looking at her dad and being like, we trust her. Right. And then the second she's out of the house, she sends her brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, go keep an eye on her. Like we trust her, but not that much. <laughs> I mean, that tracks, right? <laughs> yeah. She, she said one thing and completely did another. <laughs> Um, so then we get that even like whoever this woman's boss is from damage control is like, do not engage. This is a high school. Like, cause this, this shit don't make sense. Like, yeah. just like, like, I'm just, and like, this is, I know people are, I'm, let me get my, gather my thoughts here. I'm just like, <laughs> because it's just don't like, first of all, you know, look, you've got to do a whole lot for me to ever go snitch into anybody who looks like a position of authority. I don't know shit. But to begin with, if it's like, like you just as you don't got to be a fucking Tony Stark genius to think of optics. You're a grown ass woman. <laughs> this is a child. You're not wrong. <laughs> like, you know, this is a universe where they're pretty used to at this point, somebody popping up, being able to do something that, that no one's supposed to be able to do. Right. So like that in itself is not going to scare them, nor is it at this point they're just going to be, you know, but mm-hmm. especially when it is a child, you got all of the SWAT, I mean, not even the SWAT team, like one level up of the SWAT team cornered around a high school and you thought people were going to, like, how did you think this was going to fucking look? Like, unless you right. have 
that, you know, men in black device someplace to just wipe everybody's fucking memory. Like, even if y'all have succeeded here, everyone in Jersey City is going to be walking around like them white people came and they took a little brown girl. She wasn't doing nothing but making sparkles. This is fucked up. Somebody go find her. That would be me. I would be on I would be on social media losing my shit. Like, look, I would be like, no, they ran up in the mosque and they started harassing people. Absolutely not. I would be losing my shit. So, but like, this is what, and this is, also brings me to the whole, this is why I'm like, these people got to be scroll. At the very least, Miss Mominus, who was the main one in the middle of it, got to be a scroll. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. this doesn't, this does not make common sense here anymore in terms of right. y'all, have, y'all have moved way past trying to control damage. You are the damage. And then two, it's like your desire to make an entire public spectacle in front of the people who you quote unquote are supposed to be protecting, regardless of what, what, what they may think makes me feel like you have some sort of vendetta here. Yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, as far as what the, like we know Kamala and even Cameron are, are capable of so much bigger shit, but yeah. like from the, the, the public I have seen, they making sparkles and they saved a yeah. few lives. You know, and well, Kamala, you know, she saved a few people. So it's like, if I see this device that can blow up a hallway, like that thing that they had, that blew yeah. up a fucking stereo, I'm going to be way more scared of you than them. So, you know, that's why I'm just like, this shit don't, this, this is moves past making any sort of sense here. So I am side-eyeing the fuck of anybody associated with this organization, but especially the main woman. Cause like, why are you going this hard for, for, yeah. 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 I mean, yes, I, (laughs) yes, I agree. Ashley, I love when you get riled up, Ashley. (laughs) <laughs> like why are you doing all of this like why have you got this sm- you I, I bet you your ass won't be nowhere near she hulk i bet <laughs> you got all this for kamala i i guarantee you when bruce banner decides to lose his mind because he stepped on a fucking lego block y'all are gonna stay your asses home <laughs> <laughs> i i love that ashley <laughs> um yeah and i i i liked how like in like creative they were with their traps too to get back to that like i i i like that they use what was it like one of the like ball machines that like shoots out tennis balls but they put did they put softballs in i think they did yeah. right yeah. yeah um and like when they get into the lab i mean i didn't know what the hell that was but i was like sure science when it's like <laughs> the skeleton stabs a thing and then all that like poof comes out i like that <laughs> yeah. um and I like that the first thing they do isn't even a trap so much as it is a distraction. Yes. Uh, where the disco ball comes down and uh, you you get this Pakistani pop song, Coco Karina, playing, which plays in the first episode as well. So that was a nice little throwback. Um, but then you, you also have this, like, really stark and, like, disturbing image of, like, SWAT lasers bouncing off a disco ball in a high school so there was yeah. for a moment i was like this is this is wildly uncomfortable but i was still having a good time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah and i kind of like i felt like it was definitely an on purpose parallel right like these these guys have these big giant fucking guns and like mm-hmm. these are kids and like one adult and they're like in a very non-violent way fighting back um yeah and i thought that was like cuz kamala she doesn't really, she does a lot of like saving and um, deflecting, right? Like she's not violent. She's just not. Mm-hmm. She like, when, so like everyone, I I actually was like, oh, when like Bruno first gets hit in the face with the gun, I was like, Jesus. And like when they show Amir 
and uh, Nakia and I think Zoe all like hitting the ground because they're arrested. I was like, ooh, like I actually felt like I was like, oh no. I mean, even though you knew there wasn't whatever, but I still was like, ooh, this is like brutal for these characters that we, you know, have seen for six episodes that we really liked and haven't really like been in any violent situations. Yeah, it goes from being fun to visceral really quick. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so then we get the scene where Cameron does is like, I gotta get to my mom. I wanted to know what we all felt because I did understand why Bruno was like, we cannot tell him right now. But also I felt like, but then it led to this moment, right? So I was like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, what'd you all, what'd you all think? Um, he was using common sense. I mean, yeah. as someone, you know, you lose someone really close to you, not just close, but the closest person you have right. to you, also your primary caregiver in terms of like going through the world is lost. I need the person who's, you know, literally their entire purpose is supposed to be to protect me. Mm-hmm. And you find out, yeah, that's not happening because they're gone. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of emotions, um, to deal with in general, but especially when you got people chasing you, um, right. And particularly, you know, not ignore, bring in the racist aspect. It's like between the fact that this is probably someone on some level who's felt targeted even before the powers. Mm-hmm. Now you got somebody, now you got them coming after me because I do, you know, I could, I, I, you know, I would just say that the fuck it uh, attitude is very much understandable, not right. But, mm. you know, I, I get exactly where he's coming from. And that would be why um, I completely understand where Bruno was like, don't tell him shit. Let him lose his mind when we have him, you know, when we're safe and when we have him off someplace. Um, so Bruno was using common sense. Um, but also to be, I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, it, I think when you, when you realize something is wrong, you allow yourself to be in denial for just a little bit. But when you got 20 people chasing after you and your mother hasn't popped up yet, you start to understand, like... Yeah. She, the only, only way she's not here is because she can't be here. Um, so, yeah, but I understand where Bruno was coming from. I understand Cameron's reaction when finding out what it was. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I think that was where I was, where I was like, I get why, but I also got why Cam. I got why Bruno was like, we can't. and I, But I got why Cameron was like, no, you need to tell me right now because I'm realizing it's like you said, Ashley, it's like, wait a minute, my mom isn't here and she isn't coming. Like, yeah, mm. I mean, it's like, he, I'm like, we're on the news. Like we're number one, like, we're yeah. the number one news item right now. There's no way she doesn't know what's happening if she's here. So, right. you know, I mean, she could hate me, but she's not about to let a bunch of people come after me like this. This is crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Arizu, what yeah. do you think of that? I, my thing with Kamran that I thought was really interesting was, um, when he starts to spiral and starts to realize his mom's not there, his whole thing about, I have to go home. Mm -hmm. Like I have to go back to my world. She wouldn't leave me here, but we know Kamran was born here. I say here, you know, like in the the current world, like (laughs) Kamran was born here. He wasn't born in the clandestine dimension. Mm -hmm. And I like, I like that they show just how ingrained this stuff that Najma was telling him Mm -hmm. is that he, he, feels he has no place in the only world he's ever known. Yeah. So it's kind of like what, like sort of like what Ashley was saying about him feeling targeted now because he has these powers, but he's probably been carrying this a long time because Najma has probably been telling him that they are targeted because of who they are, even though he's from here. Right. This um, is his home. So like, I think all of that's just kind of co- compounding at the same time. And yeah, I thought that I'm was good. like a really interesting angle to take with him. 
sorry, and and that my home line it also has a really interesting parallel to you know the whole story of partition that's happening uh, with the other characters because uh, the place that you know he yearns for, the place that he feels like he belongs, is a place that he has never been to and maybe can never go to because it's on the other side of you know this you know uh, granted in a different sense a border right. but at the same time you know it, it, it's very similar to what a lot of you know indians and pakistanis have experienced and you know it's similar with my family because all four of my grandparents um came over from pakistan to india um in 1947 and that's where you know their homes were that's where i, I would say like my ancestral homes are but places that i can probably never visit yeah yeah that's that's a really good point i hadn't even thought about the parallels with like the story we had seen and like what he's saying about going home to this different dimension that he just cannot go to um yeah that's it's a really good point um yeah and like i i was glad he didn't go full villain right because you still felt bad for him and i was glad when kamala does like stop him it's not there's not violence, right? It's just, she kind of talks to him and she's like, just go. And she gets him out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I liked the idea that like, you know, I mean, he, he did get violent, but it was like, you kind of are like, well, he did just find out his mother was murdered, like, or was died in whatever. Um, and like, you felt bad for him. And he also like had trouble with his powers. Right. Um, so yeah, I liked, we didn't have to go full villain. Um, and damage control, as a villain worked because I mean, we got like the racist white lady at the head of it, but we also, it's like, we didn't need like a full big, bad villain. That's like versus her and has her powers. Like I, I felt like we didn't need that in the series. Right. I completely agree. I think the, the clandestines, I think they were kind of building up to be that big villain. Yes. And then you realize that no, the real problem was, this government yeah. agency. Yeah. <laughs> they were the real villain all along. Yeah. And it, it is a little weird because the clandestines could have been like a full season, like story arc or like villains. Um, but it did work. I think in the end, I was a little like, I don't know where we're going with this, but I, I, I do think it worked with having there be no like equal, like hard to fight big bad. Um, yeah. So what do you think of that? I think the the clandestines as a whole tend to present like a lot of problems by virtue of the fact that they are so underwritten and undetailed because mm. you need them to drive the plot even after they're dead. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was reading an interview that uh, the showrunner Bisha Ali did, uh, I believe it was with Variety, talking about you know how much you know ended up being left on the cutting room floor or how much they weren't able to shoot mm-hmm. when it came to, you know, the new dimension and the history of the clandestines and all that. And, you know, you, you have certain like production constraints, you have uh, certain time constraints. Uh, so I, I, I think the intent was certainly there to, you know, flesh them out more to do more with them. But, you know, unfortunately that's not what ended up happening. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, yeah, I've, I think I, I don't love is a lot of these Marvel shows when they're like, we were going to do this. And it's like, but that would have been so much better. Like, I don't love that all yeah. the time. <laughs> Just right. I feel like after Multiverse of Madness, like all those interviews, I was like, stop telling me you didn't watch WandaVision. I'm getting yeah. mad. <laughs> or telling me that she was supposed to, you know, like work up to be the villain because right. that's actually how it should have been. How it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, and I, I, I did. So Sadat, you mentioned at the top, you mentioned that you were worried about the the fight. But when we did eventually get the fight scene, what did you think about it? It's not something that you know takes precedence over the characters in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that feels like you know whether or not it's over the top. It feels like it's uh, an organic extension of what's going on because. You know, you have these two characters with powers, one who is sort of losing control, uh, one who is trying to protect people, uh, including the other character. And all of this is happening in the vicinity of, you know, cops and, you know, the Department of Damage Control SWAT team who are being, you know, hostile to a community that is trying to help these kids. Mm-hmm. And I think so all those pieces work together. And it also definitely helps that the powers in question are really pretty to look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is not usually the case. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think the scene, you know, it, it works for the most part. It's not something that, you know, blew me away or anything. But it's like, all right, the, the, all the pieces, you know, they they fit together here. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, sometimes with the Marvel stuff, they can go a little overboard with the, like, final act. Um, like, that was, I think my only complaint with Shang-Chi was that like at the end there was like a little too much like CGI dragon energy fights. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was glad we didn't like lose the plot here. And I also really, I thought, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes in shows and movies when they do like modern social media stuff, it can feel like a weird old parent writing the social media stuff. And I was here. It felt like it made sense. Like them Mm -hmm. being like, Zoe is an influencer. Have her go live so everyone sees it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy they did that because, I mean, again, just trying to be a little realistic of, like, let's just say we woke up tomorrow and a bunch of people was like, actually, people with powers have been, you know, walking around and helping you out. You didn't even know it. (laughs) But, like, that is, like, we are in this time period where when these comics were being written, well, not Miss Marvels, but some of the others, um, you know, social media and things like that weren't really a thing. But yeah. if you're going to write them in this current universe, in fact, this universe is actually a few years ahead of us, then it has to be a thing. Social media isn't like a hobby. It's like people, I think they just came out with a study that Gen Z uses TikTok more than Google to find a thing. So it's like you have to incorporate that when you're showing a character of this age. Um, and so I think they did an amazing job because it's like, like even taking it back to even some other Marvel properties, like when... Uh, Miles Morales is watching Peter Parker fight in that first fight in Into the Spider-Verse and he takes his phone out and he clicks it to start recording. That's, <laughs> yeah. That is realistic because if I'm in a situation like that, I'm going to be scared shitless and I'll probably have my phone out the entire time. So, <laughs> um, I do think I really like that they allowed her to incorporate it, but also that it, and again, going back to this whole, you know, are y'all really damage control thing? Cause it's like, Everything can, even if this this had been a small scale thing and it wasn't, but even if they had tried to hide it, we're in this time where something can go viral. So you guys picking on, you know, this social influencer with a million followers um, and then, uh, you know, this this little girl, it's like, y'all are going to be viral in the morning even if you had gotten away with this tonight. So I think I'm really happy to see them incorporating that and not ignoring that, like, if you're going to show superheroes in what's supposed to be a modern universe that reflects the one that we live in, then that means, yeah, anybody around Kamala's age, and I would even argue millennials too, should be having Mm -hmm. their phones out every 20 minutes to hear some or see some stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arzu, what do you think of that? I completely agree. I was really surprised and I don't know why, I guess maybe like the other stuff are out of touch when, you know, Zoe goes live and everybody like shows up at the barricade. 
that while they're there, half of them have their phones out. Yeah, yeah. Because they have no idea what damage control is about to do, but they're like, we are going to document this because whatever they're doing is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I guess they don't really do that in Marvel stuff, and it hadn't occurred to me until I saw them do it here that, yeah, this is a great way for them to try to hold people accountable when this is all they're able to do. And that ma- it does make sense, right? It really does. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the, I think the first Marvel thing that's really showed us what it what it's like to just exist in this world as a regular yeah. everyday person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I think that's like, for me, that's the show. I, I think you're right. I mean, I don't know that any of them have, I guess maybe Hawkeye a little bit, but it feels like Tate was already kind of like super trained with bow and arrow at, at the start. Can I, mm-hmm. can I say a thing? Yeah. Yeah. About that, that Kamala feels like the most, like her story feels like the most, what it's like to be an everyday person because Kate Bishop comes from money. Yeah. And Peter Parker is bankrolled by a billionaire. I know <laughs> yes. that's not where he ends up, but, and no hate for Tom Holland, Spider-Man. I really oh, like yeah. those movies, but there's nothing friendly neighborhood about him because mm. <laughs> until the end of his third movie, Tony Stark pays for everything. <laughs> right. So and, and Tony Stark like, can afford everything. <laughs> and he can afford everything. So this is really the first one that like really shows kind of what you can do with with a sewing kit and some paint mm-hmm. and like and when you're some, in your yeah. community and you feel your community and you're like about keeping them safe and doing what's best for them and trying to live a normal life. Like it's granted jumping ahead post credit scene. She's still a superhero. She still has to do her science homework. Like that right. hasn't changed. So, <laughs> you know, it almost reminded me a little bit of, and I don't love those movies as much as a lot of people do. Like, I feel like people are really nostalgic for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I remember when they came out and I saw them in theaters and I was like, mm, happy to have a superhero movie. But that like, I mean, and we've talked about how she very much is like a modern day Peter Parker that like, it reminded me of that scene in um, both in spider the first Spider-Man and second Spider-Man had scenes where it's like, oh, the city is there because they want to help him. Like when they're all on the bridge and they're yelling mm-hmm. for him and when they're on the train and they're like, no one give away his identity. Um, that felt very this, right? When it's, because yeah. yeah. I, I like that it was her parents, but it wasn't just her family, right? It was the community, like the whole community was there. Um, the guy who sold them halal was there. Like, I loved seeing, I love anything when like, the, we can get the characters to all come together and it felt, it made sense and it was like organic, right? That like, yeah, the, the people that live nearby are going to be the ones that come when Zoe's going live and everyone's seeing it. Um and it also, like, made me more emotional because, like, her parents hadn't really seen a lot of the action, right? And her parents being there, I was immediately like, oh, I don't want anything to happen to her parents. Oh, my God. I want them to leave. I want them to be safe. <laughs> I was really scared the cops were going to rough them up. Or oh, I think there's maybe a shot where, you know, a cop pushes someone and that made yeah. me really mad. Um, but much to your point, like, I, I think the thing that it does have in common with the first two Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies is that it's it, it feels like it unfolds in a real place which is not yeah. something you can necessarily say for for all the mcu movies even even the ones that take place on earth like if you mm-hmm. watch something like um the second uh tom holland one something something home i don't remember what it's called <laughs> far far from home, home. the one where they go to europe i always yeah. forget which title goes with which one but yeah, yeah. Far from home, you're right uh where where you know they go from city to city but none of these cities feel like real places with Mm -hmm. real people and cultures and histories even Mm -hmm. the bits that are actually shot on location uh just because the the focus is never on 
right. the people and the sense of life. And granted, it may or may not be necessary for those stories. But, you know, in contrast, you know, the, the reason you can have something like the halal guy coming in at the end <laughs> is because uh, it uh, this this uh, the show gets that yeah you know you like like you form a relationship with uh the guy behind the counter at a you know a yeah. deli or a bodega yeah. you form a relationship with your halal guy <laughs> um and also you have you know those uh, early scenes of just just the sights and smells and sounds and textures of jersey city so it feels yeah. real yeah, and I mean, he was, I feel like, of the side characters, he got a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it made sense for us to come back to him. And, like, yeah, I loved that they were there. And the crowd, like, every time we cut to, I just, every time we cut to the mom, like, and mom and dad upset about, or worried, I was like, oh, no. Because I just, I, like, loved her parents so much. And, like, I loved them even more. I already really liked them, but, like, I felt like I loved them even more when Kabbalah, like, quote-unquote, came out. And it's like, well, mom already told me, well, we heard because of dad and the dad's being all proud of her and everything. Like you get this very accepting scene and then it's like, ooh, like danger right after. And so, yeah, I was, but I, and I love that even one of her aunties was there. Like, I love that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's very nice and it felt very, I mean, you, you made a good point earlier. It is very YA, right? It does feel very mm-hmm. YA. Um, and I say that not as an insult because I'm 39 years old and I read a lot of YA. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, it, it like did the good job of like having the emotional beats with like mixed with the action. Um, what did we think of Kamala actually saying Embiggen? Um, oh, that was great. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, Ashley, yeah. I feel like you've been waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, because I really wasn't sure, you know, th- with her powers being um, different than with the comics where I wasn't sure how they were going to, um, if this was going to be a, a facet they decided to still incorporate with the mm-hmm. new design. So I was really happy that it's possible for her to do it. Um, and, you know, it kind of felt like a very, you know, uh, I can do this all day moment yeah. like you know her catchphrase like you know wait to the last episode to to give the the comic book fans that um and also uh iman looks absolutely like she makes great superhero faces i don't know if that makes sense yeah. but like she really <laughs> she really does you know she like you know it wasn't like a whoa i can do this it, no it, i don't know she gives like i'm a comic book fan playing this part and i've been waiting yeah. myself to to get to this <laughs> um so yeah, that was great. And then also I was happy about it because I have it out for this bitch. I just keep bringing her up every time it's my time to talk. But you know, I do, I do. If this was a real life, I can take her. As long as them, them fucking guns aren't there, like I, I, would, I would dead ass be like, Kamala, like little girl, you go do your thing. She don't got superpowers. So she is, I got my temps. Those are my, those are my powers. Um, but like. I like that it was very clear they picked on her because she was younger and they assumed her powers wouldn't be enough to take on these, mm-hmm. you know, things. And then yeah. she could. And yeah. you could kind of see the change in the not 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 Miss Bitch, but like the other <laughs> her her backup. Like their entire yeah. age changes when they realize, oh shit, girl with superpowers and the guns that we had to to bully her basically don't work. Um, yeah, because yeah. it kind of sh- reveals to us what we've known this whole time. Y'all not really here to like go after people with, with superpowers who think are going to threaten us because the real people who could threaten us, y'all are not running up on them. Cause you know, you're not, you don't stand a chance. Um, so it just really revealed, um, like that whole thing. And at the end, um, this bitch is literally by herself. So it's like, you know, they, it, it was very clear 
well, for one, I'm happy that they showed the extent of what Kamala is capable of while we may just see her, you know, you know, using her things to, to get from one place to the, to the side and just, you know, uh, extending her arms. Like she's able to do more. And I think probably even more than that, depending on where we go with this in the marbles, but like we got to see some, a, a much larger extent. So I was happy for that. Um, Arzu, what do you think? <laughs> so I deliberately chose not to read the comics before watching the show okay. just because, um, my friend Swara, who has been on the show, yeah, yeah. Um, was saying that it looks like it's going to be very different. I'm like, okay, I don't want to set an expectation mm-hmm. going in. But I did know that embiggening was one of her powers. So when she said it, I'm like, oh, I guess it's closer <laughs> to the comics than than people had maybe thought. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to see that explored a bit more. Um, because I, I don't need everything spoon-fed to me, but I would like to know when and where she figured out she can do that. <laughs> there... I, there was a. I did think about this. There was a little glossing over of like suddenly she's very good at using her powers. <laughs> yeah, it was like I like the things like the hopping on the glowing discs. I'm like, okay, we've seen her do that. Right. So like maybe she's just practicing on her own time. But this is a completely new skill, right? <laughs> and I'm not questioning her ability. I'm not here saying it's unrealistic because I didn't get a training montage. I'm just like, where did that come from? How did you, how did you know you could do that? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm sort of with Arzu on this, uh, and, but but I'm someone who has read the comics and I'm you know familiar with her abilities and her mm-hmm. you know catchphrase and what she calls her powers. So, but but even to me, it felt sort of out of nowhere. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, I'm you know Leonardo DiCaprio in the in the yellow sweater pointing at the screen being like, I recognize that. But I mean, I didn't really care either way. Like, yeah. I if it felt like. Um, Marvel in a way trying to have its cake and eat it too uh, by changing the powers in a way that helps tell an entirely different story which I appreciate but mm. then at the end being like oh but you know she also has her original powers for whatever reason but I think everything else about that scene was also working so it didn't end up like derailing <laughs> anything for me as it may have in a worse show yes no, I, agree. I, I think that's also a really good point to make is that like the show was like very the like writing and the everything was like they were selling it. So yeah, if it were like a crappier written show, it might have been like what the fuck. But like you're fine because the show like and it also was just like in passing, right? It's just like she quickly says it, and then like if you don't know what that is, you see that she's getting bigger. So like you're like okay, cool. I also thought it was very. I was. I. I mean, I'm so charmed by her in general, but I loved her. Using her ambiguous powers with the like the giant pink crystals all around her and giving a peace sign. <laughs> I thought that was just like so cute. <laughs> I love that the first thing she does after she becomes big and like she's standing in front of these guys, are like, oh my god, it's nightlight. She's like, no, not that name. Yeah. Like this is her priority in the moment is they're using the wrong name. <laughs> she doesn't like that name. It's lame. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like that. And I again, yeah, I'm willing to be like, sure, she could throw a truck now. Fine. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Um and like, I do, I, I just was happy to see her confidently using her powers. I kind of, I like that. And I'm a hard sell. I think I said this in our first episode. I'm a hard sell on like a origin. So like, like you, Arazu, I don't need a training, a full training montage, but like, because that for me, that gets a little old. Like, it's like, ugh, how many times do we have to see a training montage is how I feel. Um, but I, I, I like that we got uh, in this finale our hero who is way more confident in what she can do. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I liked being able, like, just the way she acted differently. Like you said, Ashley, when she's using her powers, the look on her face, it just, you, you would feel her like she was a lot more secure and like, I'm going to help. I have to help. Right. And like, she wasn't really like stopping to be like, oh, what should I do? Or like unsure of herself. Um, so then we, we get Cameron basically like le- unleashes his powers after they've like knocked him and Kamala over. And then Kamala does a thing where she protects, right? She puts up his like, his energy powers are all over and she goes in that little like enclosure with him. And Ashley, did you not feel, and I can't tell if I was like, oh, I was thinking X-Men so much because Twitter made me think the X-Men show up. Let's get into it. Okay. Cause all right. So I was thinking that, but I was like, I didn't want to. Okay, good. (laughs) And because, you know, with, especially when we were talking about the big bad here, right. Cause Mm. one minute was the clandestines and then next minute we are here dealing with damage control. But I think with people, for the X-Men especially, right. Mm Mm-hmm. As much as they go against up against your average, you know, comic book villain, so much of the of the foil, so much of the antagonizing is from them being politicized. Like mm. there's like literally political figures running on um, basis of we're going to get rid of these freaks, right? Yeah. And yeah. this idea of they're never going to accept us, they're never going to, you know, they're never going to just like this is the way that I'm born. And so this conversation between um, Cameron and and Kamala was really reminiscent of, you know, he's, you know, like, they're never going to accept me. They're never going to, you know, allow us to, to, to be because he comes outside. And I mean, it's not even just like there were guns pointed at him. There were fucking tanks. So it's like, it was very, very reminiscent of what the X-Men have to deal with because even when you're trying to be the good guy, there are people who feel yeah. like no, even the even the bad shit happening to us wouldn't happen if people like you didn't exist. They they wouldn't be attacking us if it wasn't for if it wasn't for you. Um, and so that conversation um, was very reminiscent of that. Um, and it was these two sides, especially this one side that's like fuck it. If they're gonna hate us, then right. I'm gonna beat their ass. <laughs> Hello, Magneto. And then yeah. <laughs> you know this other side that's very no. You know they're gonna do that, but all we can do is you know all we could. But you know that very. The only person, you know, the only thing you can control is how you react to the, to the, to mm. it, which is very Professor um, yeah. X-like. So, yeah, it's very reminiscent of that. Okay. So, Arazu, have you, I, don't, I know you said you didn't read the Ms. Marvel comics. Have you, are you like versed in the comics? No. That's totally Please okay. Don't me out. Yeah, I'm that's not totally a comic okay. reader. <laughs> no, are you, uh, one of my other, one of my other co-hosts, Adam Sass, who like loves all the Marvel stuff, has never read the comics. And he's always like, yeah, I don't know about the comics, but I can talk about the shows and the movies. Um, because I, I couldn't tell if like, because Twitter had spoiled it for me, I kept thinking X-Men or, but I guess, but it did feel X-Men, right, Ashley? Like, I, I just, honestly think the whole, like the synopsis around being accepted is, is very X-Men. Like we, and we really haven't had conversations around this like you can yeah. maybe argue that like the accords is about it in some level where it's but right. it, even that was more so look every time y'all come here you ruin you know 20 million dollars worth of damages so like <laughs> that wasn't really about hey we we, we hate the person with right. the super serum it was just like look you are fucking up our home something has to give um right. but this is the real first conversation around and I'm, I'm really interested to see where the mcu how the mcu cancels this because like Right now, these kinds of superheroes are being treated as celebrities. Where, yeah, you have yeah. your people who are like, he ain't that big of a deal. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but then you also have your people who completely idolize them. Or at the very least, you have somebody in the middle who's like, look, 
I don't trust them cops to handle shit. So if Thor could come down here and do something, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but this, it would be, it's going to be interesting to see. And I, and I do think on some level, it does even come down to a bit of discrimination because like, yeah, it's really easy to like the, the pretty guy with the shield and, right. um, you know, the, the, the hunk who can control thunder and then shit changes when it's like, people are, are coming out with toe like powers yeah. and people are coming out and, you know, they're, they, they're covered in hair like beasts. Right. Um, and it's like all of a sudden oh wait no 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 i was okay with the other guys but now you know right. the worst part is going to be of course when they find out captain america is black that's when they're going to really lose their shit but like you know that's <laughs> that's you know this is this is this is like now we're getting into but like just to go into a conversation of x-men like they their story has always been reminiscent of of discrimination and being even more specific anti-semitism mm-hmm. um so i think i i am extremely extremely nervous about how they was going to handle this because the one time they were supposed to handle racism they didn't do it but i won't bring it up again because i brought it up every episode but <laughs> ashley i love listen you have every right to bring that up because it wasn't great <laughs> i'm going to because if i don't they might do it again so we need to let them know it was unacceptable we need to let them know please Someone, I, I need anybody, anybody to send a letter, send it. Because if they're going to do the X-Men and you don't handle this conversation around race, I'm getting Aurora out of there myself. I'm getting Storm out of there myself. He will not do this to her. But yeah. Uh, so. uh, Sadan, what did you think? Did you did you get like X-Men vibes from that convo? Um, I, I guess so. I wasn't really thinking about the X-Men in that moment just because it, That's fair. it felt you know, as much about them having powers as it did about them being uh, Muslim American and South Asian American. But of course, like, uh, like you were all just saying, like there, you know, these dimensions have been around in the X-Men comics for a very long time and you can't um, decouple them. You can't decouple the fantasy politics from the real world politics. You know, even if, even if, um, a lot of the comics and movies do end up, you know, taking a very neutral, inoffensive stance. Like the the subtext is still going to be there because of how these comics begin. Yeah, uh, so that's yeah, a good no, point. I can, yeah. yeah, I can I can totally see how you know you would immediately think of the X Men and and also the fact that um, like her power, like Kamala's powers, are so reminiscent of the character Hisako uh, or yeah. Armor. Yeah. So who who is one of, you know, the X-Men to begin with? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did we bring I cuz I saw in interviews that they said that they did actually like use that as like a kind of like point of reference to like influence how they did Kamala's powers. Actually, didn't we bring her armor up earlier in the conversation? I feel like maybe we did, but maybe we didn't. I don't know. My brain is mush. What like early in the podcast or this Yeah, time? in the podcast. Um, I think we may have, I'm, I'm, I'm completely, my brain has completely farted here. I Same. don't know. Same. <laughs> That's fine. But so I did write down, I really liked this moment, like made me cry because I'm an emotional child. Um, but like when he's like, how can I be normal? And she's like, there is no normal. There's just us. I was like, oh yeah. And also the name of her first comic. Mm-hmm. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. And I've read the fucking comics. I didn't even realize that. Um, oh, I love that. And I thought that was like. Kamala is such a good, she's, I, I just, I'm very charmed by her. And I also like that she's, she's just very pure, but not in a annoying or cringe way. It's just like, she, she comes off very genuine, right? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, that, I just loved that she is able to talk 
Kamran down. And he's like, okay, yeah. And he goes. And like, we don't need them, you know, beating each other up or like a building collapsing on him and thinking he's dead or whatever. Like I really, she's so sweet. And I thought that I was really glad that she was able to talk it through with him. And that was our resolution is she talks it through with him and he goes, right? Like they don't need to battle it out. Yeah. I honestly thought that's where it was going. I thought we were going to do that thing where he kind of comes down for a moment and it looks like they've got that moment of understanding and then something flares up in him and he gets angry and they start throwing each other through windows. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. Me too. She talks him down and he stays down and he's like, you're right. And then he goes to the port. I'm like, Oh, right. It feels different, right? That is different. (laughs) Refreshing. Another thing about that, that eventuality that scared me was that if they decided to go that route, then it would become a scene of uh, Miss Marvel having to protect like the cops and the SWAT yeah. people and all that, and Marvel doing the Marvel thing of like, oh, you know, got to protect the powerful, maintain <laughs> the status quo. So I was again, I, I was relieved that that didn't happen. <laughs> you're you're right. So they do love doing that, don't they? Where it's yeah. like, oop, wait, never mind. Status quo is we'll just keep going. Like, um, yeah, and that just that for me that felt so different than anything Marvel, like the MCU particularly has done so far where it's like oh she just talked to him and it was fine like and he went um and then I I I was very I get like emotional at like stuff like that and then like when they go like they're like oh we gotta get her and everyone stands up for her I was like oh I love this like watching them all stand in front of her and the auntie who's like yelling at her um the only thing I will say, I was like, the cops wouldn't have stood with them. The cops yeah. would have been on damage control side. That was the yeah, only part. For sure. I'm, I'm like emotional. And then I saw the cops and I was like, oh, pff, give me a break. Like, <laughs> I, I did think it was funny that everybody other than the cops were standing firm when damage control was trying to push through. But damage control like pushed the cops and they're like, OK. And they just like moved <laughs> to the side. I'm like, such strength of conviction over here. They're like, that part tracks a little bit. <laughs> they, they wouldn't be standing moved. there. Yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, yeah. And then like, I it just was such a nice way to bring all the characters together. It's like, oh, these are all the cat. Like we saw like every character we had seen throughout the series. Right. Like, well, that lived in Jersey city. Um, and Ashley's favorite character gets fired from her job. Thankfully. As she should. As she should. As she should. <laughs> that i did i was like that's when ashley that's actually when i was like maybe she is a scroll and that's why they're getting mad like damage control is getting mad at her for what she's doing right like that's why i'm like you she got some other vendetta going on here she has another vendetta something is is uh and i will say though they she's playing a great job if of that i I see her i don't think this will be the last we um see of her especially considering that the whole what point of like secret wars is that there's uh people played by scrolls um, mm. who are in positions of power. Yeah. So it might make sense that they have started to move in on trying to get their hands on, on younger, more impressionable, could be controlled um, people who have powers because like, you know, you can't roll up on anyone on Captain America or um, an, an Iron Man's level uh, with that. But, you know, as young people are being positioned to have to, you know, be next up, they're trying to, to, get in the way of that a bit um because what like anyone any any reasonable person would have been dipped you know it's like oh my job is on the line this ain't that deep if no one else is gonna have my back and instead she's miss mamas is out here completely lying to the team uh bringing more people sending the troops for you know two kids 
Um, so I definitely, I just, outside of me insulting her every 10 seconds, I just wanted to be very clear. I just do think that this is part of a bigger like plot here. Yeah. I think for me, it was as simple as, you know, she just really hates Muslims. <laughs> that's very, very fair. But I also think uh, something that happens in the process of having, you know, her go one way and having the other agent go another way is you do end up with this sort of uh, very Marvel-esque, bad apple story of like, no, it's not the yeah. DC that's the problem. It's just a couple of it them. It's just this one person. No, fuck them. Yeah. Um, you know... Go ahead. Sorry. No, that was about you. it. That was oh, about it. Uh, so, and, you know, that reminds me of, this is going to be a little bit of a derailment, but did any of you read Tom Taylor's run on X-Men Red? Mm, no, I'm not so. sure. I don't think so. I, it was one of my favorite, like, recent X-Men runs. I think it was only, like, three volumes, and then they just, like, integrated it into the other X-Men stuff, but it's like Jean Grey comes back and she has her own team, and I, it was, like, hands down one of my favorite X-Men stories I've read in forever and I'm not too current on the comics I'll read the trades as they come out but the thing that did bother me is they did that where it's like Jean keeps seeing all this hate in the world and then it's like there's a reason they let's like oh these brains were infected by this villain and I'm like no <laughs> that's not why like um and again I love the run but that part bothered me because it's like no people can just be hate like there doesn't have to be like oh someone evil was controlling them like no they they're just like racist sexist homophobic every like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and like yeah that that is a thing that marvel does love doing where it's like oh no it's just that like it's not the the whole system isn't wrong like even with shield when it collapsed it was because hydra infiltrated not because of shield it was mm-hmm. you know these villains had infiltrated it yeah i they do do that <laughs> um i think that's that was kind of <clears throat> I'm sorry. That was kind of my thinking too, as far as she goes. I really thought like, you were coughing to like add emphasis to what you were saying. No, I, uh, I have a cold, so I'm just clearing my throat. I'm sorry. Um, that had been my thinking too, as far as Agent Deaver goes, is that the stuff she does feels outlandish and wrong, but it doesn't feel so outlandish that it feels unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. not to get too deeper personal but as somebody who grew up in the middle east in the early 2000s the idea of american very strongly armed forces showing up hurting everybody and going this is for your own good is not something that feels super unrealistic right Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so to her to me i'm like yeah she's just she missed her chance to inflict this kind of pain on other people so she's doing it at home Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why it was so so satisfying to watch her lose her job at the end yes i know it's it's a whole not not all right but damage controls but (laughs) damage controls and okay i admit i'm super biased because i am kind of in love with rm yet so he he does no wrong in my eyes ever but um (laughs) this is my bias speaking and i'm aware of that but it was very very satisfying to watch this lady who messed up her job purely because she is racist Mm -hmm to get smacked down for it. Yeah. And th- this is not a point really about the show, but because I keep forgetting uh, Aryan's character's name, I keep referring to him as Agent Stewie because of his character. Uh, Cleary, Agent Cleary. Yeah. Well, he's Agent Stewie to me. <laughs> Wait, what's that a reference to? Oh, his, his character's name is Stewie on Succession. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. I, I don't watch Succession, so. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Everyone tells me, I know. I'm a heart. 
listen, I have a nerdy podcast where it's like all superhero stuff. I I'm a hard sell on like a straight up show show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no one's fighting or having like blown each other through a wall. Like, ah, no, no energy is flying from there. Eh. I mean, Watch it through the lens of, of Department flying. of Damage Control has decided to send a guy into a very straightforward business. Just watching through that lens. <laughs> Fair. Um, so then we get, which I also loved, the montage of everyone like on TikTok or Insta like doing their like lives discussing what happened. I loved that. Because again, like we said earlier, that would happen, right? That feels realistic that like everyone's like recounting what happened and like being a little dramatic or like having fun with it or like the one boy from mosque when he's like Anakia said in front of everyone i am her boyfriend like i thought that was like really like a charming way to like wrap up everything um and this is going to be a weird reference but i know no one watched the show but i did the amazon i know what you did last summer show that they had <laughs> that's how that show wraps up weirdly it's like the killer goes live on TikTok <laughs> to like recount what happened. <laughs> and like, I know even saying it, I'm like, that sounds fucking stupid, but I like loved it. Cause I was like, yeah, that would happen. Like, um, and they had a bunch of like the characters that lived on like TikTok, like recounting what happened. Um, and that felt like, I don't know, a like fun way to make it modern without it being like, st- like stopping the plot completely um, is like a wrap up on yeah. of people doing stuff on social media. And I love that it's not just the kids, but it's also Ruby Auntie who is yeah. trying to figure out Miss <laughs> Marvel's identity. Um, and but this is a, this is a small detail, but something I also really liked is that while the show is presented in a two point three five to one aspect ratio widescreen, uh, the the TikToks like the phone screens yeah. kind of uh, overtake the entire vertical frame, like they go up and down over the black bars as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I I. Marvel does that, and I kind of like when they play with the ratio. Because, like, I mean, WandaVision, they did it a lot. But I, I do like when they play with the ratios. Um, so then we, what? Then we, So we get all of that, and then we kind of, we have, like, the wrap-up of, like, all the TikToks and everything. Um, and then we get her and her dad, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was, like, very sweet. Him coming mm-hmm. out to sit on the roof with her. Uh, Sadat, what did you think of that scene? I loved it for a lot of reasons. Uh, one uh, is because, you know, I'm a sucker for like father-daughter stuff. Yeah. Uh, two, I like that it sort of changes the lineage of her superhero name while mm-hmm. also um, giving a little more clarity to like, you know, her name as a character. Because when when the comics were first written, it was something that mildly confused me because now I don't want to say that Kamala is not a South Asian name. It's definitely mm. not a typical South Asian name. It's not one that I've heard necessarily. And I always okay. thought it was pronounced Kamala, like Kamala Harris. Mm. because. But that also confused me because that's a Hindu name. Uh, but then eventually G. Willow Wilson, who created the character, said that it was a feminized version of Kamal, which is an Arabic name. Mm. And so I like that in an earlier episode, they addressed that on the show by saying, oh, Muniba was a rebel, so she didn't give her a typical Pakistani name. And then I like that they sort of bring that back around to say that, yes, even though this name is Arabic in origin, um, it does also have a meaning in Urdu, like a meaning rooted in Urdu, which I don't Mm. believe is touched on in the comics ever, which is Kamal, which can mean a Marvel. And that's how she gets her name. Because the name Miss Marvel has never been a name in the MCU like it has been in the comics before. So I thought that Mm. was a nice way to bring things full circle. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I like, I mean, I guess that makes sense too with like when her necklace is like dented and the mom uses that. Like, yeah. Carol, like, I mean, my my manager at work that we talk about all Marvel stuff with, Chris, hi, Chris, if you're listening, um, was even saying how, like, you know, they couldn't, you're, I mean, what you just said, like, Carol Danvers wasn't walking around in a black bikini with a fucking lightning bolt on it for a bunch of years before she got her modern costume. So, like, they had to make it a little different. Um, and, like, uh, people get, people become such sticklers for the comics, right? And, like, I don't know. I'm, like, totally fine with these changes they've made, like... Ugh, but yeah, I, I liked it, right? I thought that worked. Yeah, my thinking on it is if you really like the story in the comics, there's a there's an interesting solution for that. Um, you could read the comics. <laughs> <laughs> also good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, I also thought it was cute when he's like a little scared to come on the roof with her, but he's not like mad at her for being on the roof. He's just yeah. like a little scared to go out. I thought that was like charming. Um I like he. I like that he has no idea who Carol Danvers is. It's a very, it's a very also, bad thing. Yeah, even though like she is a superhero who helped, but yeah, that is such a like. My dad doesn't know any celebrity. Like he knows the celebrities from like movies he watched in like the seventies and eighties, and that's it. Um, yeah, uh, Arzu, what do you think of that scene? I loved it um, for for the reasons um, Sidon said, but also I like that that and the costume. Mm both sort of came from her parents because the the strength of this show has always been the family side of it the community side of it that has been the highlight throughout so the fact that her both her aesthetic origin and her superhero name i guess in the comics both come directly from carol danvers in Mm -hmm. this they come from her family yeah and like it's nice she's still it's it's very nice. And she still makes the connection to Captain Marvel. She's like, oh, my God, I have the same name as Carol Danvers. Yeah. <laughs> and she makes it a total fangirl moment. But that wasn't the intent behind her name mm-hmm. when her parents gave it to her. So yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought it was very it was very sweet. And it was very in keeping with the sort of the heart and soul of the show. Yeah. You know, and that reminds me, I meant to bring this up. It was in my notes when when her and Nakia have their makeup moment in the hallway. That's like very quick. I that felt genuine to best friends too where it's like i am mad at you but okay fine like we'll make up real quickly because we got things to do i like that she's like i like the stitching like i like that she points that out and is like that from pakistan like she knows um i thought that was like a fun like little detail um but yeah i i liked them tying the origin to the family because like you said it really has been the strongest part of the series um like, Ashley, we even talked a little bit how we were worried we were losing the plot with the family when she's, like, with the Red Dagger folks and, like, all that. We were worried that they might lose that, but then we didn't. And I was glad that we didn't. Because that it, that it has been the, like, heart and soul of the show is just her family. Um, and it's so sweet that her mother makes her a superhero salwar kameez, which is, you know, a traditional Pakistani wear. Um, and, and even though, you know, that's always been the case in the comics. Yeah. Um, just something about seeing it in live action was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we get like, we get that scene and then she like goes off. And then I did, it was cute. The dad like amazed at her powers and he's like magic, absolute magic. I thought that was very... It was cute seeing the dad like almost fan like being the fan of like oh that's cool. Yeah, that's that's also a line he says earlier in the show when Bruno sets up like his Alexa device. Oh right, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then we get one week later, right? Bruno's leaving for Caltech. I love that he stole Cameron's car. 
<laughs> I mean, his place was, bl- was blown up. He deserves a new car, right? <laughs> um, and uh, Ashley, what does Bruno say about her powers? <laughs> um, he says, you know, well, first off is that her brother, of course, decided was like, well, if my sister got powers, then I should like if because that would be me. It, yeah, <laughs> um, they've been linking it to her being clandestine. So they were like, you know, and it made sense. Like he was like, that means I should be able to do something. But uh, Bruno takes a look at her genes and realizes, no, your genes not only are different from us typical folks, but they're different from your parents, your family as well. Um, and he says, it's like you have, you know, a mutation. Uh, and then get, I was just about to do that. <laughs> we, we get the we get the music of my people. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you know, Kamala, of course, dismisses it. It'll be another label. Um, because, you know, of course we're not going to get too much into that. They're just going to let us uh, geek out over it for the rest of our lives. But, um, but yeah, we finally get the M word. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I'll tell you this originally, even though I geeked out more from the music, like when I said that that's the music of my people, I really mean like, (laughs) yeah, I, I I know if you follow me on Twitter, social media, anything, I talk about the Avengers a lot because they're the media right now. Right. But I want you to understand that when we get when we get the X-Men that we deserve, and I do have a special place in my heart for the Foxverse, but when we get them, it's not going to be me jumping ship. It's going to be me. I've been sitting here waiting for the ship to start sailing. So, <laughs> like, I just want that to be clear. <laughs> I've always been the X. I've always been the X-Men's number one groupie. I will go. I will follow Storm to the end of the Earth. Since, I mean, she could technically destroy the Earth, so I'm going to go with her. But, um, but I will say that when she first said that. Originally, I wasn't really going with it. She's going to be a mutant yet because the word mutation is very broad. Right. And, right. you know, everyone's, we, we, we hear mutation and we're going to think X-Men as we should. And of course they gave us the nod with the mute, with the X-Men 97 music, but taking that away for just a second and just thinking about Bruno here, he is just your above average high school student. Right. He's not thinking about this in anything in terms of like, Anything specific here other than your DNA is not like the rest of us. Mutant just means change. It means different. So like that encompasses a lot of different things, especially in this universe. Technically, the DNA of a inhuman would be a mutation. You know, the DNA of a human mutate like Spider-Man would be a mutation. Um, so I just say that to say that word encompasses a lot. But the only thing that then had me like, oh shit, they really are putting her in with the X-Men is that one of the original creators, most Marvel creators revealed they wanted her to be a mutant, but they went, uh, they had to go a different route with it. So now I'm like, oh shit, did Kevin say, fuck it, if that's what they originally wanted, that's what we're going to do. Um, so now it has me a little, you know, I'm side-eyeing things, but I still stand by like, before we go too deep, I don't know, like people are just completely calling her a mutant. I'm still on standby with it. All I feel like is that we're about to start taking a look into genetics and that will bring us to this X gene that we've had, that we've been ready for. You know, I don't know if maybe a certain uh, Dr. Hank McCoy would be a really great character to randomly decide to have put on this and maybe <laughs> not along the way that, because his PhD is in genetics, but to be fair, um, it's like every every two characters in a comic book has a PhD because that's so easy to get. I was going to say, um, yeah. <laughs> but his, his background was always in genetics. So like, you know, I just feel like, especially given the fact that this whole like scene has gone down, I wouldn't be surprised if someone in a position of power is like, how about instead of us 
chasing after them and making ourselves look bad, we start to look into why certain people are popping up with powers and we still have your typical humans and what is it that can be happening. But it, it like, or it is very possible that uh, the bangle, see what, piss, what gets me off a bit. I'm sorry. I'm nerding out a bit here. Cause this is what I've been like. <laughs> I love it. Is that when it comes down to the X-Men, it's about the X gene specifically. And well, and it's well, mostly it comes through, through puberty. It can come about in other ways as well, but it's like what's throwing me off is the bangle. Cause I'm like, is the bangle yeah. allowing her to tap into her ex gene? If she had that, but does that mean that she was going to have powers regardless? But you know, this bangle allowed her to access it earlier. Um, or is it that she's relying on the bangle? Cause if she's relying on the bangle, then that means she might be something else. And it's still possible that it's at, it's, it's tapping into her genes and like, it's the inhuman gene. Like maybe there's a turgeon, you know, this turgeon mist in this bangle and that's why she's able to access her power. So she would be inhuman. It's still different stuff to me personally that this could be, because there's a few people kind of freaking out, like they're changing up the thing. And I'm like, yeah, since when the fuck did y'all go up so hard for the inhumans? Where were y'all when the comics were out? But um, (laughs) like, where the hell were y'all now? But like, I mean, I, I personally, I'm not going to lose my shit either way. I, I think I'd be a little ticked off only in a sense of why did we go through all of this? If she secretly was going to have powers anyways. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I mean, it, until I specifically hear X gene, you know, the mute, mutation thing encompasses a lot, especially in the Marvel universe. So I don't I don't know if people should be necessarily calling her a mutant yet, but you know, I've, I've seen some stuff on Reddit where that, that is, that is, and even she was on Reddit herself and that's what she's going along with. So it, this, it might just be that that is exactly what it is. I will, I do just stand by the fact that mutation encompasses a lot, but regardless, if that's what we're getting into, obviously that means that, um, my people are around the corner. Um, and I cannot wait, uh, to, to join them. (laughs) Uh, I what do you think of it? So, Everybody freaking out about the musical cue. Mm. I watched it on a plane. If any of y'all have been on a plane, right. you know, with the air <laughs> circulating, I didn't hear it. <laughs> so everybody's freaking out on Twitter. I'm like, what is everybody freaking out about? It was just like a drum beat, right? Like in the background. <laughs> so I rewatched it and then had an appropriate freak out because for all that I don't read comics, I did grow up watching the yeah. 90s X-Men series. So I was like, oh my God, it's <laughs> happening. But like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how they're going to incorporate it. Um, I'd rather it wasn't the Fox versus yeah. mutants because as much as I grew up with that, the idea of those two streams crossing stresses me out. So <laughs> yes, just on a continuity level. So I would like them to find a different way to do that. But because I don't have that root in comics and I haven't read them, I can't even begin to imagine yeah. how they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, Sadat, what did you think? Uh, I was with Kamala on this one. I just sort of shrugged at it. <laughs> um, you know, not, not to be a party pooper or anything. No, like, no. I know people are excited for various reasons. Uh, for me, I've slowly been kind of, you know, making my way off the Marvel train and like, not not to, not to go into much of a tangent, but um, for me, like Thor Love and Thunder was when I decided, all right, this is no longer for me. I'm jumping off here. And I've sort of decided that I don't really care that much about the shared universe stuff anymore, mm. about references, about what might happen. I'm taking, now I'm at a stage where I'm taking each project as it comes. Um, and which is why I was so, you know, pleasantly, uh, surprise with Miss Marvel because I liked it for 
you know, all the reasons I don't normally like Marvel shows. And it, you know, even though it has all these various references and connections here and there, it's, those aren't central to the show. So it never overwhelms the story of the characters at any point. So if you give me another Miss Marvel, if you, you know, give me something where, you know, the thing is, you know, good because it's good, you can have as many references, as many setups for, you know, a movie 10 years from now as you want. Um, but yeah, the the mutant thing, it was more like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm glad they're not doing Inhumans. But like, it, it, <laughs> this means like nothing to me at this stage because it's not setting up anything concrete. Yeah. Like, because the way Marvel works is they they sort of project this thing of like, oh, we have a master plan. Everything is in place. No, they, they improvise with every other project. They, they don't have yeah. all the pieces in place. Um, so for a lot of the reason they do this is to test people's reactions online. Mm. And hey, the reaction to this was pretty positive. So they'll probably, you know, go in a particular direction. You know, so... I to actually a little bit with what you said, I was like, oh, they said it, but I I think because Twitter spoiled it for me so much, I really and I'm not joking, I really thought, I mean, I know this is a terrible movie, but um, if you all remember like Wolverine Origins, that scene when like mm-hmm. they're all escaping and we get it's like the only scene in the movie I even remotely oh, liked. No. When Professor Xavier is like <laughs> there and he's like, come to get them. That's what I was expecting to happen. The way Twitter was hyping the, this up for me. With this pixelated face. Yeah. It's <laughs> like weird de-aged face. Um, I was really expecting that. So the way it was done, I kind of felt like you, Sadat, where I was like, oh, well, like, and, and also you, Ashley, that could mean anything. Like they could just be being cute. They could just be like, well, we said the word. That's why I played the theme because we are going to get there. Um, but then like you mentioned, she did a, was it Reddit? You said she did an interview where she was like, she did say like, oh, I'm excited. And so I'm like, okay, maybe they weren't just doing it as a throwaway, but it could have been because I do think Marvel, they, well, they have like a plan, but they have like a kind of plan. I don't think they're as bad as like the lost writer's room where they kept saying, we know everything that's happening when they clearly had no idea what next season was even going to bring. Um, (laughs) but I do think that they kind of like test the waters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my own, literally my only worry with this is, well, how long are we going to wait to get to the X-Men? Because I would still want Kamala to be a kid, yeah. not to be like 35 by the time we meet the X-Men that she could possibly be a part of. Um, because like, she is like a kid and I wouldn't want her being older than like Storm and Cyclops, you know? That's my that's literally my only thing. Or like older than whoever they cast as Professor Xavier by the time they get there, you know? I have two things, right? Okay. One is San Diego Comic-Con's next week, and we know they're rebooting X-Men 97, which is where the theme song comes from. So yeah. I'm not this not sure like that's gonna probably be tying into anything, but still in terms of the whole they're hyping us up for shit, maybe, you know, sort of like and I don't think it's a you know a big coincidence here that like we would hear that and then the show it's from is about to be, right. you know maybe we're going to get our first teaser of it in in a, in about a week's time, um, so that's one. And then two, remember there's a certain X Men who takes Captain Marvel's powers, Rogue, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so Miss Marvel's going to be in the Marvels, and what that the the third in in Captain Marvel's trilogy is a while away but not you know is, is kamala going to be older than um mm-hmm. 
then storm and, and Professor X away. So like I say that to say that them bringing in possibly X-Men and then introducing that with a, a Marvel Miss Marvel related story um, when she's about to, when her next story is going to be with Captain Marvel. I, I think like if anything, this kind of does make me feel confident that we'll have X-Men by like Captain Marvel three and that I, I think we'll be seeing um, Rogue properly get the powers that she's supposed to get, which did not happen with the Fox universe. Uh-huh. Um I know, I know. I didn't <laughs> forever to. mad about that. I <laughs> know, <laughs> no, I didn't mean to, but like, you know, we have to we have to right. talk about it. But yeah, I say that to say though that we are getting into some stuff where the X-Men have been linked in Avenger Avenger-esque mm-hmm. characters. So like with that not being so far away, um, you know, I think yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think they're gonna be I, I tell you this, what year is it again? Right, twenty twenty two. If come twenty twenty, uh I'm giving them till twenty twenty seven. <laughs> that we don't have the proper X-Men, Professor X Mansion. And not only that, but um, Brotherhood of Mutants. Mm-hmm. We can all go up to Kevin Feige's house together and <laughs> we will bang on the door. Like, remember the sound? Remember when you played at the end of the Marvel? Okay. I, it's so funny how many of us, like X-Men really, like that cartoon really was a big deal. Um, it got me into Mar- into, into Same. Um, Everything, absolutely everything. My mom, yeah. she she went to get me a Barbie doll and they sold out all the black ones. And so the only thing that was left was Storm. So mm-hmm. my mom picked it up and me being who I am as a person, I became <laughs> obsessed with it and had questions that she couldn't answer. So she was like, you're going to sit here. You're going to watch this. Cartoon, <laughs> so you know everything about her. And I love that. that woman know um, that this is all her fault. And she, <laughs> she paid for it. But she paid for it. And you know, I. it's funny, we... The one year, like, I think, like, four years ago for the summer, I took a break. Whenever it was the the 20th anniversary, maybe not the 20th anniversary, whatever anniversary of the first X-Men movie coming out for the podcast, before Ashley was a co-host, which I would have loved if you had been a co-host for this, we did, like, Summer of X-Men. So we covered some of the animated series and all the, most of the Fox movies, not the last one, because what? Um, (laughs) But, like, we covered them all, and, like, I was worried that no one would listen, but like we got a lot of viewers and like listeners for that. Um, Cause I feel like it's so formative for most of us who like even remotely like nerdy things. And I think, you know, um, I, I think another reason that show probably did well is because people have been so focused on Avengers within the past few years um, that any content that we can get about that, like that's one of the reasons why I don't, I mean, I talk about it a lot in my day to day life. My friends who don't like Marvel will tell you because they have to deal with it. But <laughs> Um, you know, you don't see me tweet about it as much because it's like, you know, even as much as I love Halle Berry, I don't feel completely comfortable like posting a non dark skin stuff. Like we don't have as much yeah, content yeah. to go off of. So it's like you give us two and a half seconds of a beat and we make <laughs> X-Men one of the the um biggest trending things on Twitter for half the day. Like that's <laughs> they got us in a chokehold. I think that's a pretty big indication. I think if they were gonna drag their feet on X-Men seeing the reaction probably has Marvel headquarters yeah. like, we got to speed this shit up. <laughs> That's true. So, and then we get another end credit scene. Arzu, what happens in the end credit scene? So Kamala goes to her room, kind of probably come back from some action thing because she's wearing a costume. Her mm-hmm. mom's like, do your homework. She's like, fine. Realizes her bracelet is glowing. So she stands up and pokes it and gets yanked into her closet <laughs> by forces unknown <laughs> and half a beat goes by and it's not Kamala that stands up it's Captain Marvel uh, one I want to say that Brie Larson looked fucking fantastic yeah right mm-hmm. I was like Ooh. 
Um, I liked, I actually really liked that outfit. Like it's, it was slightly different than her actual Captain Marvel outfit, wasn't yes, it? Yeah, since she needs yeah. to keep it. Yeah, she looked good and I liked her hair. I thought her hair looked super cute. Um, and we're, we're like, I feel like that shouldn't have surprised me, but it did surprise me. Like I was like, oh, hey, like I love Carol Danvers so much. And I was just like, oh, that makes me happy. Like now I can't wait for them to meet. Like I had forgotten that was what we were leading to after this, um, which like rude that it's still a full year away. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did we sit down? What did you think of that end scene? I feel so bad because every time you, you pass the mic to me, I just say, oh, this, you know, this didn't excite me. I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the version of Carol Danvers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, okay, you know, didn't really love her movie. Don't really like what they've you know d- done with her character. Not because it's different from the comics, um, even though I do really love her in the comics. But I I didn't really feel one way or another. I'm just glad that this is not something that took up like the climactic scenes of the actual show. Like I can yeah. deal with it being like a post credit teaser. Yeah, you know that makes I, I'm, sense. I, I I was I was always worried that the show would end with, um, you know, her showing up and be like, I'm gonna call you Miss Marvel or something, right. something like that. <laughs> so you know, hey, if it's you know if the story's done, it's wrapped up, and they want to you know give us a tease of some fun scenario that might happen in the future, sure, by all means. So I I didn't dislike it. It just it just didn't like excite me. Listen, I feel like that's more than fair because I I do feel that way. Like. I liked these type of things better when it's like, oh, the story is done. This is like a fun thing that you don't need for the story you just watched. It's like a fun little preview for what's to come. Um, Arazu, what did you think when you saw Brie Larson? It, it had not occurred to me until Sedan just said it that she might very well have popped up during the climax and solved the problem and then said, you will be my apprentice, Miss Marvel. Like, that had yeah. not occurred to me she until just of, now that, sorry that to she kind of does that. She kind of does that during Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, like, that was... Yeah, so that the fact that that didn't happen is a huge relief. Um, and again, the fact that this is purely post-credit, and you can take or leave the post-credit scene, and yeah. the story stands just fine on its own. Yeah, but I, then, you know, it kind of made me feel like the way back in, like, phase one the way the post credits used to be. It was like, our story is done. Yeah. Here's a hint at the next one. It wasn't instrumental to this story that yes. that scene be included. And I think that's, that's super important. That's what sets it apart from other ones. Yes. I, I really do think like, cause I think of like my parents, they're 75 and 76. They're not watching post credit scenes. Right. Like, so I always think of something like that where it's like, okay, but they don't need them all. And like, like you said, yeah, phase one was very, we didn't always, it didn't, it was just like a fun, like hint at what's next, but it wasn't pivotal, pivotal to the story. Um, I mean, nothing will ever beat Samuel L. Jackson coming in at the end of Iron Man and be like, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Like, I feel like I nearly shit my pants when I watched that in the theater. Um, but yeah, I, I like this. Um, Ashley, what did you think? Um, yeah, same as, um, as everyone else was basically kind of saying, like I, you know, reading the comics, there is a portion that's very, very heavily focused on her being a Captain Marvel fan. And I'm happy that, they still gave her the fascination of, of being a fangirl, but at the same time, didn't allow it to just like everything she's doing is revolved around Captain Marvel and right. basically just have her come in and be the one who saves the day. And Ms. Marvel's just so happy to chase after her. I'm happy that she got to be a hero in her own right, stand in her own story. Um, that it was a really fun post-credit scene that ties us into what Ms. Marvel's story is supposed to be next. I also think it ties into even because I need this, the clandestine story to at least be a little bit more meaningful, but like 
with the whole second bracelet thing, I feel like maybe part of the reason they switched is because that other bracelet was tampered with, wherever it is. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I'm just trying to figure out like what would cause them to switch places because Carol's at, at Kamala's place. And that means Kamala is wherever in space, or I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe she was on earth, but you know, Kamala is wherever Carol was. And could that be because that's what the two bracelets can do? Um, I don't know. But um, in terms of seeing, you know, Brie, she looks great. I do feel the same way. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the first Captain Marvel movie, but I'm still a fan of the character. Mm -hmm. Um, I really was not happy with some of the direction that they took with it, but I'm excited for the sequel um, because for one, they have a different director um, Mm. and it, gives a little bit more intersectional um like if you're gonna do the right. whole shiro thing like you know it you know let's let's remember that there's more <laughs> i'm gonna just say it's not just not just white women um yeah yeah but you know <laughs> this one makes me feel you know a lot more, if, it feels different even though it is technically a sequel it feels more i don't know it gives me like civil war vibes if that makes sense like yeah you know, like yeah. someone's name is at the top but it's gonna you know give Different Get a good ensemble. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited. I think it was a really good way of showing that she's that Miss Marvel's going to return, um, that she's that this story may link into Captain Marvel on some level. Uh, but like because it was a post credit scene, you know, for people out there who didn't get the time to watch the whole thing, I don't think they're going to be completely lost when this sequel yeah. comes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. I thought it was cute, and I. I would love them to get back to doing post credit scene like this where like you it's possible not to watch it and it's fine. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're at the end here. What was your favorite scene from the finale, Arzu? Um, on a very superficial level, anytime Agent Cleary was on screen made me very happy. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, I think it's it's a toss up between the costume and the scene with her dad on the roof. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, just because that those were my favorite parts of the sh- of the series as a whole. So the fact that it played such a big role in her identity cool. uh, made me very happy. So it would be um, a tie between those two. Uh, Sadan? For me, I think it has to be the entire high school sequence, which everyone has been calling like the home alone bit. <laughs> um, because like I said, it, it was fun and it had me at the edge of my seat. and It was exciting. And it felt like, you know, everything one of these things should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ashley? Sorry, guys, my dog was in the bathroom singing and I had to make sure he was okay. Um, (laughs) Like, what's going on here? Um, Yeah, so, all right, just to be, like, real here, um, I'm going to say her in beginning. Um, Maybe I just waited on it for too long (laughs) and I was just really (laughs) excited. Um, I don't know. There was something about that, like, I, I, you know, I don't know. There was something about, like, that was, there was something very, what's, what's, what am I looking for? Like, you know... (laughs) Like, you know, like, the, it was very final acting, you know? Like, yeah, you know, when, yeah. when, like, Iron Man 3, when he brings out a million Iron Man suits, and it's like, like you know, like, it was yeah. very, I am i don't just do the, the you know, little stuff that you guys haven't seen. Not that it's little, but it's just like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, and it also is, was, was like, her first comic book, or one of the first comic books is her, um, you know, getting tall in the camera with her phone and uh, blowing a, a bubble, and it's like, that is still her, even with all yeah. the changes that the show has made. So, but that being said, am I going to hold on to the three seconds <laughs> of that X Men note forever? Yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And I, I don't. I just feel like I, it would be bad if I was like, yeah, that was the best part was be hearing a fucking X Men <laughs> background. But yeah, no, I'm. It, I will be thinking about it 
Listen, I, about it. I think that was probably my favorite part of Multiverse of Madness. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go listen. I, I loved them home aloneing damage control in high school. That was like, mm-hmm. and I, and I love that it was all these, like, I mean, you know, the, the brother is not a kid, but like all these kids that have like a well laid out plan to fucking fight these agents. And I love that they were good at it. I mean, the kids still got captured, but like Cameron got away. Like they succeeded in what they were trying to do. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that. All right. And now we're going to, we'll give a grade for this episode and then a series as a whole. Uh, Ashley or Sadat, you go first. Sure. Uh, this episode, you know, a solid B and overall also, you know, pretty much the same. Um, cause I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, I do think I tend to, you know, uh, grade Marvel stuff on a bit of a curve, but <laughs> yeah, B. Fair, fair. Uh, Arzu? I'm a very generous teacher. Any of my <laughs> former students will say that. Um, a for the episode, I think A minus for the series as a whole. All right, cool. Uh, Ashley? Um, for the episode, I'd have to probably give it um, a solid A. I feel comfortable okay. with it. Maybe I'm being, I, 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 yeah, I'm being biased. Yeah, that three seconds, I don't go, no, no, no. That's fine, bad. that's fine. <laughs> I feel bad. But in terms of the entire series, um... I'm going to give it an A minus and really I'm just like that. I would, I would do more a solid A, but I'm, I don't know. I'm a little off putting with the whole clan. I almost feel sometimes like I wish they had it done. They would have done like a regular sort of high school student figuring out her powers and these like bastards damage control keep popping up. And then the final episode um, there's the big showdown or something like that, because it feels like it, it almost felt like a completely different show than what we got in the last episode. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. You know, like the first two was very much in the voice leading up to where we got in the in the last episode, but then we got this whole clandestine storyline that went somewhere else. As much as I love the Aisha thing, um, the Aisha episode, which I think was required for us to get some background on. Yeah. You know, it just that whole, you know, Najima thing. Like now it's yeah, I don't know. But like I and I don't mind them as villains. I just to just do that with them and then it's like, I don't know if that worked completely with the story but so that would be where the minus comes in but other than that great yeah um yeah i would give this finale an a plus and the series overall an a b kind of the same reason you said ashley um i i i like i missed the scott pilgrimy animation by the lad we didn't get it anymore and i kind of i love that Mm -hmm. like is it the second episode or the third episode when she has that very very charming like be my baby dancing around her house second second yeah like i loved that and i kind of would have i wished even though I loved this finale, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of that kind of stuff. Um, seeing her like, just like do regular teen stuff, not having to find out like the powers come from this dimension and like this is a group from a different dimension and then they're all going to die. So it won't matter. Um, yeah. Like I, that could have been like a season two plot line. Um, but yeah, I still love the series overall. Um, Ashley, thank you so much for co-hosting all of these with me. I really, I appreciate you donating your time to this gay little podcast. <laughs> Well, you know, I have to do what I can for the community. I take so much from you guys. I have to, um, you know, I have to do my part. And Arzu, thank you for joining us for the second time in a row. I appreciate that. Thank you for that. having me back. And uh, Sadant, thank you for coming on for the finale. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all of you listening. Um, if you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, where you can get access to all our bonus episodes. We're covering Harley Quinn Season 2 and What If. 
And uh, if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I am at Carlos Sadant, where can everyone find you and your things? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sadant Adlaka. And Arzu, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzu. I mean, all of my writing, everything is in my bio. And Ashley, where can everyone find you? Um, Ashley Key Smalls, Twitter and TikTok mostly is what I use. And then um, also join the, the Marvel fans assemble um, group to, you know, talk shit unless it's too much shit, <laughs> in which case you will get kicked out. But um, <laughs> other than that, no, I, you know what? I need to start making that disclaimer. You've been in there. You see what goes on. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, did you kick out that guy talking about Black Panther today? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> Get fucking comfortable. What's wrong with you? So yeah, you can join and you can talk shit unless it's about black, unless it's about anything led by a person of color. You talk about the white men and that's it. <laughs> I saw that tweet, Ashley, and I was like, ooh, Ashley's going to be pissed when she sees that. I'm fucking tired of it. Why would you come into a space owned by a black woman and do that? What's wrong with you? Anyway. What this? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, you know they made twitter communities and i started one for marvel fans and like mm. it's just the funniest shit because i like made it as a place where we can talk shit without like not even talk shit but be happy without like some random person being like marvel fans are weird and literally the first thing they do when they get there is talk about the shit they don't like and i'm like why the fuck would you come here with that <laughs> like what why I'm are not, you I'm... in the face of black panther fans to say you thought that the movie was mid yeah what do you want That's... us to do with this information and then like getting mad like oh how dare anyone say all that like all right, yeah, people are going to disagree with you. That's a stupid opinion. <laughs> like, anywho. But anyway, that's that's why I feel bad saying it. anything, like, remotely, you know, negative because I'm on basically a Marvel podcast. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. That's totally no, no, fine. Look, I am so, f- I am 100% for criticism. Like, everything you gave was valid and you even yeah. backed it up. That's, like, mature conversation. Saying movie is mid, period, nothing else. Yeah. You're crazy. And also just, like, wanting to, like, get attention and cause shit. Like, like, you know, call your mother. Don't come here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, I had a lot of fun covering Ms. Marvel. And um, thank you all for listening. And thank you all for joining. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.